Hello, I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic and also very much not an evangelical. And we are deconstructing... And reconstructing... Together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as... Deconstructing Together. Domestic Abuse, I Am a Survivor. The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2 and dehumanized by purity culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Revelations 3.16. 3.16? That must be Well, you know, I didn't actually check that. I just read it off meme. <laughs> I should probably check it yeah, the Bible. Yeah, it's 3.16. Okay. 3.16. Why didn't we use that verse instead of John 3.16? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they read you after you're in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on in. It's free. There's nothing required of you. Oh, you're not. You're not. Hot <laughs> enough. I'll spew the out. So <laughs> if you can guess, today's topic is lukewarm Christians. And we're fired up to talk about it. <laughs> fired up we're hot 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 <laughs> are we cold i mean i have a blanket on me so i might be a little bit lukewarm <laughs> um so we want to talk about this because mm-hmm. this actually comes up in my mind a lot as i deconstruct i mean i don't know if it's obvious from our podcast but i'm the one who has all these like inner voices that i'm fighting from my background more so these days anyway Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of them, lukewarm Christians. So we've talked about it before, how like it seemed like in Christian circles, we talk about you're hot or you're cold. Like it's better to like, yeah, ha- I don't know how to say it. Like you're all in or you're all out. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a lukewarm Christian, I'll spew the out of my mouth, mm-hmm. which is like worse than being cold. Yeah. So for me, who's now like questioning so much the Christian faith and evangelicalism and all this, I'm like, well, if I can't be all in because I'm questioning it all, then I have to be all out mm-hmm. because being lukewarm is not an option. So then yeah. when, when someone like, like you <laughs> talks about trying a more liberal church mm-hmm. or version of faith that's liberal, to me, that equals lukewarm. Mm-hmm. So why would I do that? And I actually talked to someone else who also had left um, the journey a few years ago, uh, left the church and stuff. And and this was while we're in Quebec and she lived there too. And I remember it was kind of a big deal in our mommy group there. Um, and I connected with her and she said the same thing. Like that's what she actually kind of gave me the words. Like she's like, I tried and tried and tried to be all in. Mm-hmm. So then I just was all out because that's all there is. You're all in or you're all out. And I mean, this Bible verse that's super popular and well known Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that's, that's what it says. Mm -hmm. Like, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither hot, cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So what do you make of that? Well, a bunch of things, um, of course, um, I mean, for one thing, this verse gets pulled out of context. And this is part of a a large section of scripture where Jesus is speaking prophetically to seven d- 
different churches, and you're probably familiar, but the seven, the Laodicean church was a very wealthy church um, in Laodicea, and it was a town that was known for, I think, making their dye in an eye salve, and also they had running water. They had hot and cold water from hot and cold springs, but by the time it got to town, it was lukewarm <laughs> from both <laughs> sources. And so it was a poignant uh, reference that, that was used. Um, I'm not sure from the context, I, I haven't done deep study, but I, I don't think that the point from the context was that you're going to lose your salvation. I think it was just like, I, I wish you were hot or cold. Um, or if you're lukewarm, I'll spew there. I mean, that is literally what it says, but... <laughs> Do you know what I heard the other day about Revelations? Can I finish what I was going to say? Oh, yes. And then don't don't forget, though. Don't forget. <laughs> Won't. Um, it's too good. <laughs> but anyways, just, just to, you know, be the good pastor that I am. I, th this is talking about a rich church that's not really doing anything and isn't really passionate. And Jesus is saying, you know come to me and learn from me and i think there i i see this as kind of like you know this is the american church i mean what are you actually doing what what are you doing building really nice buildings yeah they have great <laughs> buildings and they pride themselves on you know they send missionaries and they tell everybody how to be a christian like them but it's like well what are you actually practically doing like where's your passion like where who, who, where's the widows that you're feeding and and the, and the people anyways um, that's what I want to say about context. What do you want to say about stupidity or funniness or whatever you want to say? Revelation. <laughs> that didn't come out right. That didn't sound good. Sorry. <laughs> so, Rewind, delete. That didn't come out right. Re Revelations. You know how it's like the book, you know, when you're a teenager and the, your youth pastor asks you, what should we study? Mm -hmm. Revelations. You just want to stump them. Well, <laughs> someone say like, the author of Revelation was probably high <laughs> when you read it. It's like pretty wild and crazy mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> okay, that's all. It's not inconceivable that he was high. <laughs> but it's there was actually... no fridges then, you know. <laughs> well, he was imprisoned on an island, didn't have enough food to eat. That's one mm. factor. <laughs> but also, it's an it's an apocalyptic. Also, he literature. found weed. <laughs> he found weed, where? <laughs> On the island. That's all he could find to eat. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is going off the rails. <laughs> So in this meme that I found on lukewarm Christians on mm -hmm. Instagram, the the what the person that shared it, what they commented underneath was, tag a lukewarm Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so <laughs> terrible. This is for real. This is for real. You're supposed to tag a lukewarm Christian <laughs> under this. <laughs> oh my goodness! Imagine being tagged. <laughs> Are there a bunch of people tagged under it? And there's 32 comments in the first one. I want to tag one, but she already blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a reason. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then it's like, what if you're someone who's a good person, doesn't drink or smoke and follows the Lord, but they don't go to church? <laughs> Just how on fire do we have to be to not be spewed out of our mouth? Out of his mouth. <laughs> and another one. They will come to the banquet without a garment. 
paradise one. <laughs> How do I tag myself? <laughs> oh, it just goes on and on, but I'm not sure I can handle the Insta yeah. talk. <laughs> Maybe this is supposed to be a serious podcast, but I can't with these comments. (laughs) Well, what's what's so funny about them is they sound very serious. (laughs) They don't sound ironic at all. Then there's a better comment eventually, and it's like, funny, your week may not be filled with drinking and smoking, but it seems to be filled with judgment and arrogance, which are equally as destructive (laughs) sins, like speaking to the poster. Like, yeah, exactly. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> that's my humor about this <laughs> well it speaks to me <coughs> what those comments make me think of is this insecurity the the sense of am I really saved Yeah. and then that applies to this very harsh view of hell which is all that most of us ever grew up with when I went to seminary, that was really challenged and questioned, like, how do you know that it has to be this way? And you're taking this verse and that verse and putting them together. But there's been other ways people have seen the afterlife throughout church history, and I'm really questioning that. But most fundamentalists and evangelicals think, well, you know, there's a good place and a bad place, and if you don't do things exactly right, you go to the bad place. And there's very few that make it to the good place. So you have this insecurity, and even... Even the churches, and that almost seems like especially the churches that speak about eternal security, actually create insecurity. Mm-hmm. Because it's like if somebody leaves the faith, that's like, well, they were never a Christian. Well, that's how I've been handled. Yes. By close people to me. Which um, is so shitty. Well, it's like, how do they ever hope to win me back by saying I just never had it? Yeah. And being treated as someone who just never understood the gospel, so they just need to be taught more about the cross yeah and about it's a personal relationship with jesus it's like but you're throwing me out to the wolves like you're abandoning you're choosing your religion over your relationship with Mm -hmm. me and i'm family Uh, (laughs) and it also invalidates everything that you've it invalidates everything so i'm like how why would i go back to that and it also creates insecurity in the people that are in it because they're like well if she wasn't saved how do i know i'm saved and i think that's why people say well that person just never was safe yeah all along it's a defense it's a coping mechanism yeah it is and it makes sense i get it yeah but it's very hurtful to be on the other side of that very yeah and that gets back to i had a podcast with merle about hellfire damnation like it's just it's very odd to me this whole like dichotomy of hell and heaven and you have to know exactly the right things and say the right things it just it's like really like i don't think that's what jesus was talking about but that's maybe a different podcast um but to me what this speaks of is control like Mm. controlling the group and controlling the members of the group and trying to prod them It, it felt like when i was a pastor i was always trying to push people to do more Mm-hmm. You know, and I've heard the term high pressure systems. I haven't researched that, but it feels like that's what church was. It's like what you're doing, like raising your kids and going to your job and making friends and, you know, playing baseball. Like, that's not OK. That's not enough. Yeah. We need to, like, push them on to be real Christians. 
and give more money and get more people in the church because it was always it always felt like the church was dying and the world was going to hell and like like whatever we were doing was like five percent of what we should be doing do you just always had that sense yeah and who defines what being a hot christian is i mean we know what a cold christian is it's a heathen Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like it's a fake christian Mm -hmm. it's a but who defines what a christian that's not lukewarm is i Mm -hmm. mean i feel like every church denomination and within within denomination every church itself would have a different definition exactly and so i mean you look at like (laughs) horse and buggy mennonites completely Mm -hmm. different description of what's a lukewarm christian and what's a hot christian and then hint hint hot christian does not mean skimpy clothes (laughs) that was close i almost spit taked all over my bible (laughs) (laughs) revealing wearing tight clothing or revealing as much flesh as possible as being a very lukewarm christian Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway what was I saying? I don't know. I'm a little bit all over the place tonight. So one time we had a debate on Facebook and someone said that wearing yoga pants was an abomination to the Lord. That was definitely lukewarm Christianity in his mind. Mm-hmm. And so now I wear yoga pants every day and I think about how I'm wearing an abomination to the Lord. And I think it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. We are all over the place, but I think it's fine. I agree that, like, who gets to decide, A, what a true Christian is, and B, like, how do you measure it? Yeah. When you can't even tell. And that was something that you've mentioned this before, the saying, like, well, we're all at different points in the journey. Mm -hmm. That's something that your dad would say fairly often, like, to me, that's, I think that, because he never... Like, we were different. Like, I, I was always kind of pushing the boundaries, although very conservative evangelical, but, like, listen to rock music and, you know, different things like that that he didn't completely agree with. And when he got to one of those things that he didn't completely agree with, once we were married and I was part of the family and he couldn't get rid of me. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he did accept me and yeah, he and did. everything. He loved you. Loves you. For sure. Because I was the good missionary, too, and... Um, but he would say, well, we're all at a different point in the journey. Yeah. This is so condensing. Con- Condescending. Condensing. Yeah. <laughs> Condensation. As though, as though there's only one journey. Yeah. As though there's only one path to walk. As though well, there only... is. The straight and narrow. The straight and narrow. It's true. Right. There's another, another saying that has been interpreted in only one way. Yep. There's very few people on the straight and narrow and a lot mm-hmm. of people and Recently, I saw another meme like that, but it's like, what if we had the wrong side? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it's switched the other way? Mm-hmm. Where the straight and narrow is those that are very close-minded. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I interrupted you again. It's okay. <laughs> I, I seriously think right now, the broad way that leads to, like, when you look at the evangelical church, it's just like, how can these people be okay with God right now? Like, it's a lot of judgment. Well, and, and they're setting up like 
crosses oh, and, and nooses and guillotines in front of Capitol buildings. All right. That was... But, like, we saw this coming. This is what, yeah. like... This is this why is we jump ship. A recent thing, and this is no. not from this election only. No, it's not even from the 2016 election. No. This has been coming for decades yeah. and decades. And if people can't see that, then they are not well read or researched. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Like the the thing that raised my blood pressure the most and frustrated me the most about this was that everybody was like. Oh, like this came out of left field, and I'm like, no, what the fuck? Like, are you not listening to anything yeah. I'm saying? Like, this has been coming all along. But it feels like those would be the people that are that are portrayed as being hot Christian. Exactly. They're not lukewarm. They go all out. Yeah. They, they put it all on the line. All the way to the Capitol. And... We need to do this for the safety, for the freedom of our babies. Mm-hmm. For religious freedom and for abortion That's... rights and. And so what do we do with lukewarm Christian? That whole teaching that is extremely prevalent in the church about being lukewarm Christian. At one point in time in this deconstruction journey, I might have been willing to try a liberal version of Christianity, except this whole lukewarm Christian, and I'll spew you out of my mouth, is was held so strong and it's such a strong voice in my head that I don't know how I can get over that. Mm -hmm. So then I'm all out. Mm -hmm. And I'm an atheist. I mean, agnostic or almost atheist. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm a humanist. Yeah. I just want humanity. Mm -hmm. I just want to focus on humanity instead of the eternal promise of whatever someone dreamed of. Mm -hmm. I think that we keep coming back to um, the modernist fundamentalist debates of the 1920s. I think we've mentioned that a few times, but like in the 1920s, a hundred years ago, um, new ideas were coming over from Europe and there had just been a revival in the United States. And it was a lot like the American people, like it was, they didn't have as, it, it was more, uh, rural, Christianity, it was a little bit less educated, and then you had these ideas coming over from Europe. The best universities were over in Europe, in Germany, and other places. And when these ideas came over, some people adopted them, and those became kind of the liberal churches, the United and the Anglican and the Lutheran, and, and Catholicism eventually adopted a lot of those ideas. And then some churches backed off from that and said, no, we have to hold true to the fundamentals of the faith and they defined what the fundamentals were and that's fundamentalism and then eventually they became too rigid and closed off from society so then the evangelicals broke off from the fundamentalists and kind of created a hip version of or like a cool version of fundamentalism but really it's the same thing and well there is definitely branches of fundamentalism within evangelicalism yeah i mean that's what i grew up in yeah was fundamentalism evangelicalism <laughs> yeah how would you say that yeah yeah so so when you know f what fundamentalism is basically is here's the ideas you have to believe and here's the rules you need to follow that's what christianity is mm -hmm. and it comes from it's it's a very modern way of looking at things here's the ideas and the rules and we got to figure it out and Everything fits in square boxes. 
And so if you're going to have, and that's why you have this inside outside thinking and you have this, you know, some, we're going to figure out exactly how to do it right. That's very modern. Um, and if you're going to have like less of that, like if you're going to change that, then the only way you can have less of that is like less rules or less ideas, which is just kind of like watering down. Right. Yeah. So then like at a certain point, you're going to water it down to the point where you're just an atheist, right? Like there's no way to have less of that system other than just, yeah, you know, leaving it. But before modernism, Christians were Christians and the center of their faith wasn't ideas and practices necessarily. You know, like you went to church and you had certain liturgical activities that you did and you had certain feast days and you had a community. And those things were more important than the ideas and the rules. You could be a Christian and not understand the certain doctrines. You could be a Christian and not necessarily follow the rules. Um, and so that's why I really enjoyed the listening to the podcast or doing the podcast with uh, an Orthodox friend because he talked about the difference between cataphatic and apophatic knowledge that in the West we tend to think of here's the box and I'm, I'm going to figure out exactly what I know inside the box. I'm going to figure out the God and God and the Trinity and all my ideas. And then once I know that, then I'm going to reject everybody that's outside my box. And that's very much what we do, right? Like yeah. we figure out truth Black and, and everybody that's not, that doesn't agree with me is going to hell. Yeah. Whereas in the Eastern Orthodox church, what Daryl explained to me is, there's a box and inside the box is God, but we don't presume to know who God is. Like, who am I to know who God is? I don't know who God is. But outside of that box, that box is, is filled with mystery. It's question marks. I don't know who God is. But outside that box are things that God couldn't be. God is not hatred. God is not evil. God is not judgmental. God is not unkind. So you can kind of put X's outside the box and say, well, God is not these things. What God actually is, I don't know. I don't claim to know. But we can move towards the mystery of what we don't know about God, but we're moving in that direction. And so the Eastern Orthodox Church, <clears throat> it's not a perfect church, obviously, but it has various practices for developing um, a relationship with the sacred mystery of God, you know. And you can be a Christian with lots of questions. And what I think a lot of Christians in the West are trying to figure out, and this is kind of postmodern faith and kind of, you know, where I'm at too, is like, how do we figure out how to do some of that too? Like, how do we have a relationship with God where like, I have a relationship with him, but I don't have it all figured out. You know, I appreciated even, um, the podcast we just did with um, Marc Henri, and he talked about how he, you know, deconstructed his faith, and he was, I, did he say he was agnostic or you know yeah. just kind of, you yeah. know, he was into yoga and he was into different things and had left Christianity behind. But when he had a crisis, he started doing meditation and and repeating different mantras, and then he repeated the name of Jesus over and over, and all of a sudden that connected with him, and it had such a power that he couldn't even speak to somebody without without crying because the name of Jesus just had so much power for him and he started having this relationship with Jesus again as an adult now not you know 
there's a lot of the ideas that he didn't go back to and embrace but there was something mysterious about Jesus that that he couldn't let go of you know um so I just wonder if there's a way instead of having um this rigid set of ideas and this rigid set of expectations of what we need to do is, is there a way to have a relationship with the mysterious presence of God through Jesus or is that I don't know is that just pie in the sky does that make sense to you well, I'm I not get, trying to convert you or anything I'm just yeah, trying to ask I get what sense. you're saying but I also like feel like I'm too far gone <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> um Yeah, I get what you're saying. I it I wish I wish that, that is what I had grown up with. Like I wish yeah, I wish that was what it was. Instead I have a brain full of rules and mm -hmm. you follow those to be a good Christian. If you don't follow those then you're lukewarm. And God will spew you out of his mouth. So at this point for me, I don't know how I can go to something else when it feels like just trying not enough, uh -huh. just a little bit, because you can't let go. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, well, that's just my security blanket, so I'll just hold on to it just in a liberal way. Uh -huh. um, that's how it feels that for me right now. So, yeah. um, And also there's religious trauma there for me that... Yeah. I physically react to a lot of religious stuff. Um, even, even just words like blessings and gather and thanksgiving and things like that. Like I just, I can't handle it. Like mm -hmm. it's, so I know that plays into it for me. For um, sure. But I think it's beautiful if someone can teach their children that. Uh, just mm -hmm. hold on to the core and the mystery and find your path in it. Yeah. Um, whereas what many are taught is it's a way to control mm -hmm. use this verse and other verses you pick and choose them as a way to control it's like well you don't want to be a fake christian you don't want to be a lukewarm christian so here's how you dress here's what you eat here's what you drink here's what you don't drink here's what yeah um do you hold netflix over god like do you watch more mm -hmm. netflix than you read your bible well then you're a lukewarm christian because that's your idol um just things like that like it it's creating like what's the word like like turbocharging people like there's a psychological term for that like um not hypervigilance but like like high achieving people you know like like sure. in an abusive family when you feel like you can't just live you have to like high achieve to be accepted like that's kind of what's creating is like people that can't just be okay with living yeah it, it it's a security blanket in a lot of ways i mean it it helps you know if other people are right mm -hmm. if other people are good mm -hmm. if other people are are um can be trusted <laughs> if they're mm -hmm. in the system or not like it gives you clear guidelines yeah um and also for parents for their kids it gives them a way to control their kids it gives a way to raise your kids it gives very strict rigid guidelines for the kids to follow and I don't know, as a parent, I guess it would be easier, I guess, if this is what you follow, kids, or else mm -hmm. I reject you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, um, But it's not right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It seems like it's easier to raise little kids that way. It seems like it'd be hard to, well, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that occurs to me is there's the mystical way, which is a very ancient tradition. You can, people can Google the via negativa and uh, apophatic knowledge. Apophatic knowledge, those are two key words that'll get you in the Desert Fathers. Uh, it's a very ancient way of relating to God. I mentioned about modernism and liberalism or fundamentalism and modernism in the 1920s. Really, um, for a hundred years, people have been asking really hard questions about how do you be a humanist because that's really what the controversy was about was humanism these humanistic ideas came from ancient greece they were forgotten for a long time during the, the middle ages and then they re-emerged that's what energized the renaissance and, and then the uh, reformation in the 1500s but eventually those humanistic ideas really came into the universities and then it was like what are we going to do with this what are we going to do with humanism and people have done the hard work of trying to integrate humanism with Christian beliefs. And you do have a lot of churches that aren't just saying, well, we're Christians, but we're not going to listen to this rule, that rule, and this rule. Because you can't do that forever. You know, you can't just be a fundamentalist except that, you know, you're affirming of LGBTQ and, you know, you let women preach. It's like, well, why? That doesn't fit the rest of the system. Yeah. You know? But there are churches, and I've always just called them liberal and, and they're terrible places, right? That's <laughs> just kind of what I've always thought. But now I'm like, I need to go to these places and figure out how they do it because they've actually put the thought into how, you know, to to be a consistent, to have a consistent worldview. Yeah. As a humanist as somebody that's open to science and open to new ideas and, and affirming of people's sexuality and affirming of, you know, both genders and everything like this, but it's not just an, an ad hoc. It's not just a patch thrown onto it, you know, because we like inconsistencies bother our minds. You can't oh, yeah. handle that. No. Right. You can't just, you know, follow the rules and, and flip open the Bible. The rest of your life is flip open the Bible, point to the verse but then when it comes to something you don't like, then you you don't you follow that, yeah. right? So it seems like there's maybe three different options for being a lukewarm Christian. <laughs> <laughs> One is just like... Just some boxes. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Go ahead. I can't help it. I mean, I've, who you, somebody that you read said, once a fundamentalist, always a fundamentalist. Yeah, Rebecca Drumsta said yeah. that. I didn't like it when I, when I heard that, and I'm realizing, I think I might always be a fundamentalist. It's a mindset to change, for yeah. sure. Because yeah. even when I try and reject fundamentalism, I'm like, okay, fundamentalism is over there, and now I'm over here. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, maybe it's not all bad. But, I mean, you could have a, a, lukewarm, or a lukewarm Christian that's just rejecting things but it's not consistent and then they're going to have to make a decision at some point or you can have a mystical way or else you could have a humanistic uh version of christianity that might not be bad you might be able to figure out how to integrate i mean that's really my goal because i have for a long time been really like i love science and i love i i am passionate about logic and that's something that 
way before I even studied logic, the way that people talked about creation science really bothered me on a fundamental level because the ways that, you know, it's just like, it's not logical the way that you're defending your arguments. And I want to be open to science and I want to be open to good logic and good arguments. And that pushes me to then, well, what am I going to do with this stuff? You know, and I would like to have a way of integrating all that stuff. I don't think it's being lukewarm. I think that that's being progressive in a good way. Which is lukewarm from our background. Well, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. But I think you can be fully on fire and excited about your beliefs. And I think you can fully have peace with God. And, you know, be making a difference in the world. and, And being, you know, doing the things that I think jesus really cared about like caring for the vulnerable caring for the sick and pushing for social justice and pushing for social change like that's not lukewarm that's not somebody that's just like oh give me the the quick easy answers i think that's somebody that can be on fire for jesus it just looks different i think the quote-unquote on fire christians i mean what are you actually doing what what are you doing mr you know bible thumper person you know like anyways so when someone say they're leaving Christianity behind, it can be more than to it than that. Like, it's not that I I had a very personal relationship with God, with Jesus. I prayed throughout the day, day in, day out. Like, it, it really was part of my life. But I started seeing inconsistencies, mm-hmm. and I started seeing the Bible used to say whatever you want to say like whatever someone wants to say they can prove it with Mm -hmm. bible verses um and so i left it all behind because you can't be a lukewarm christian because that's worse being Mm -hmm. a lukewarm lukewarm christian is worse than being an unbeliever Mm -hmm. in how i was taught so well i'll just be all out then Mm -hmm. so just kind of bringing awareness to that i had another thought as you were talking earlier um about how like to be you know a christian on fire for god nowadays it means following the bible in very um uh fundamental way Mm -hmm. um and we feel like that is how you truly follow god but the people christians 200 years ago follow it the way we follow it now (laughs) And if not, then that means we don't have it right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's how they followed it 200 years ago. Yeah. So how can we say that we have it right now mm-hmm. and that we're the good fundamentals? And you kind of see a trend of like, even fun, even within fundamental Christian, just kind of slowly catching up to the times, but yeah. like a few decades behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, that means Christianity is evolving. Like we say... We say that Christianity has to be, has to to stay pure, mm-hmm. stay pure to the Bible. That's just so important, you know. Be, a, but it is changing. Mm-hmm. It is evolving. So does that make all fundamental Christians now lukewarm? Because they are lukewarm compared to two hundred years ago. Yeah. So how can we, you know, like who sets the bar mm-hmm. for that? But it's still a very hurtful teaching to have stuck in your mind 
it is a really hurtful teaching and I think maybe that's the biggest takeaway well it's one of the takeaways for sure for people that are still in Christianity and still preaching like just be careful how you say this message yeah because it really communicates like if you don't do Christianity exactly like I think you should do Christianity you might as well then leave fuck off yeah and you're worse than if you'd never even heard which is the you're worst thing you can say you're worse than an unbeliever yeah that's that's what I think in my mind mm-hmm. a bunch of times it's like as well be all out because I'm worse than an unbeliever. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew the truth and I left it behind. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the other thing that makes me think of like our our interview with um, with Brian, uh, who's talking about uh, his journey as a gay evangelical, was saying that at a certain point he read the verse, "I desire mercy and not sacrifice," and that we tend to think oh, like the hardest road is always the road that God is calling us on. And the way to be a, an on-fire Christian is to make the most sacrifices and to call other people to the most sacrifices. But Jesus actually didn't call us to make sacrifices for rigid, annoying rules. He said, that is our mercy and not sacrifice. And like, can we normalize being an on-fire Christian meaning caring for people? Mm-hmm. Instead of Here's all the stupid, here's all the annoying rules I'm following, you know? Do not go to a movie theater, do not drink, do only wear dresses if you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Why are men wearing dresses? If they're truly fundamental Christians, <laughs> men should be wearing robes. We should be, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'll spew you out of my mouth. <laughs> do you remember speaking of outdated laws? When we went to um, to language school and they had that handbook that was so outdated. It had like, you're not looking like you remember, but it had like, okay, so we went to language school, but it was like a, a Christian fundamentalist school. And uh, they had this handbook of, of student behaviors and it, it was just had not been updated. They updated it when we were there, but it had things in there like, the one that stuck out to me was we would appreciate if you would not hang your laundry out on the Sabbath as a witness to our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this? And like, hanging your laundry outside is such a stumbling block. <laughs> <laughs> like our neighbors are going to stumble because we're hanging our laundry I mean, on them. It's not like these people tend to have a <clears throat> very nice underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my goodness. But, like, that was apparently something that seemed really important to them at that time. But yeah. now Christians, like, I think people could hang their laundry up on, on Sunday. Well, I, no, you don't really work on the Sunday. Yeah, okay. Like, well, Jesus plucked grain on the, sun, on the Sabbath, so. Well, he was not a true Christian. <laughs> I guess he, he was, was kind of he did a lot of things that were not right. I know. <laughs> he healed someone on the Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, you cannot heal anyone on Sabbath. If they get sick on a Sabbath, they have to die. <laughs> I think that's part of their Christian duty, isn't it? If you're sick on the Sabbath, it's just that's your sacrifice to God to be a I good guess, Christian and not yeah. cause people to stumble. And if you're a doctor and you took an oath to... You're stuck. <laughs> yeah. Do- doctors shouldn't heal people All on right. Sabbath either. We should probably wrap this up. <laughs> We're getting off track. But this is fun. Anyway. Yeah. Go forth. Be lukewarm. But drink cold water. <laughs> and hot coffee. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>